What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I am Mike. With me is Kev and Justin. The Hounds got another big three points behind two more goals from Chico, and we are going to talk all uh, about it. First off, Justin, it has been a minute, man. How's it going? It has been a minute. Things have been good. Um, yeah, it was a good weekend, like kind of uh, getting out of the normal soccer routine in some ways because, you know, Premier League's not on nothing else, you know, and so it's like, Saturday morning, we're like, what do we, what do we watch on TV this morning? Like, what, what mm-hmm. goes on? You know, so we didn't turn the TV on. Um, but yeah, it was a good weekend and um, fun to watch the Hounds get a win and and all that kind of stuff. Had some great uh, time with some friends this weekend, so that was awesome. So good stuff. Good, good. Kev, what did what did you do with the TV off? <laughs> Read <laughs> this, like, a, um, like a nerd. This, like, it's a porn <laughs> concept. Like what? what? <laughs> yeah, I know what. <laughs> Um, well, Raina Jean had swim lessons, so we took her to swim, you know, I took her to swim lessons. Um, this was the first time that she like was in a swim lesson without me in the water with her. It's always been like a parent in me type swim class, you know? Um, but this time they wore their little flotation backpacks and they got to go in the water by themselves. Um, so that was fun to like watch her play. So we were there for a little while. Um, and then we ran to the grocery store, I think, um, and did that together. So we, you know, we, we made do. Nice. Kev, how was your weekend? Uh, busy, but good. Um, joined a, a new Dungeons & Dragons group, so that was fun. Um, it's my second ever Dungeons & Dragons group. So first one I've been involved with for like over like five years. So uh, after that, I'm just like, I don't know. It's a big commitment. Like I was do, you know, doing something. We've been doing this for five years. I mean, who would have thought, right? Or like probably even longer. But uh, so, yeah, but it was good. Busy week. Good. Good, good. Um, I'm, I'm, trying to do, look, Mike? I'm, I'm trying to look up the name of the place right now. And of course, I'm like struggling. Um, I, I had like a, a quintess. I have a couple stories. I had a quintessential Pittsburgh experience. So Susan, um, we have two rugs in the house, like roll up rugs in the house that like one of them, her grandmother literally pulled out of the garbage. Like somebody was putting it out of the curb. And so it just like passed its way through the family. And there was another one that had sort of a similar story to that. And after having dogs and especially dogs that were accident prone, we still have a dog, but one of our other dogs no longer have. Um, Susan's like, I should get these cleaned. So she like Googled like where to get wool rugs cleaned. And it took us to this place in Aspenwall. And so she went and dropped it off. And so Saturday morning we drove down to pick it up. And I mean, this was just like, it, it took me back in all of the best ways. Like it's down like a back alley. Uh, you had to like ring a doorbell. It just looked like somebody's house. And like some old guy who's probably like five foot, nothing like comes to the door and it's just like, hey, how's it going? And like you walk into his garage where basically he has all of these rugs hanging up. He, he cleans the rugs for like falling water and like the melons and like just does his thing. And you walk into this big room and it's like the walls are plastered with family pictures and you go like back to his office and it's like all wood paneling, like old, like not good wood panel, like all beat up wood panel, yeah, like yeah. stacks of envelopes on the desk, yeah. pictures of Pittsburgh from like the 1920s. And like, it was a just, chair in the parking space. Elsewhere. I mean, literally it was, it was, it was like it, in all of the best ways. It was like, Oh, you know, he used to do a deal with a handshake and now I'm trying to figure out PayPal. And like, it was like a whole thing, but it was fantastic. 
Um, I'll I'll try no, to my, find the name of the place before show's over. My but, question, uh, Mike, is have you have you watched the carpet cleaner videos on on like Instagram or whatever? Like, there's like a whole community of carpet cleaners, and it's amazing when they'll take a rug that like looks like trash. Like you can't even see the design on it; it's that bad. Like there's no there's so much mud and dirt and everything else in it. And they'll just spray it down, shampoo it, do a couple more things to it, you know, keep going, 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 pressure wash it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden they've got this like bright rug that like works for people's houses. Yeah, those are so yeah. cool. I have seen those. Yeah. And and like Susan mentioned when she dropped the rug off, like apparently this guy's three sisters were sitting at not even like a table. It was like a, a piece of plywood on stilts and they're like hand fixing with thread, like somebody else's it's. The place is called Shahadi's, um, Shahadi's Oriental Rugs, but friggin' amazing. What? How do I, what? How do you spell it? I don't know how to spell it. I don't know how to Google Shahadi's. S-H-E-H-A-D-Y apostrophe S. There we go. Um, and, and not to be mistaken, apparently there was like some whole thing where there was a guy that worked for him and then he left and went to Squirrel Hill, I think it was, and named his place Shahadi's, but with an E even though that's not his family name or anything and was like doing crap work and became oh, a whole thing. Anyway, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I was like, this is everything I love about Pittsburgh. It's just like old town. Everybody's your friend. Like, let's just get the work done and yep. hard work. Yeah. Um, that was one story. One other thing that I got today that I figured I'd share. Uh, so something that I think the hounds should do Um Aston Villa apparently does this every single year, but the Aston Villa foundation, they have, it's not really a competition. It's like a 10 K. And what you do is you donate essentially 30 pounds to the Aston Villa foundation. And then you compete in this. It's not even compete. It's just do a 10 K. That's really it. You can walk it. You can run it. You bike it. And the first hundred people to do it gets a medal. And so every year it's a different medal. And this is like legit, I mean, you can't really, it's like, like heavy duty metal, but like the hounds should absolutely do something like that. Have like a little Bob Lilly medal that like people could win. You go do a 10 K you donate some money. It goes to some foundation. Um, how yeah. did you, like, how did you, how, how does this work in modern day things when you're across the pond? Um, so, do you have to, like just submit a Fitbit thing. No. So, well, they wanted proof that you did it. And so thankfully, you know, I'm like, super deep into this competition with laura ellen and so they send um, an ambassador over steve uh and, and, and they run with yes you. exactly yeah, yeah. no yeah. no i literally just took screenshots of uh of my peloton ride that morning where i had eclipse 10k and like a picture of me on the bike with my villa shorts on and uh and they're like okay cool yeah like you're one of the first 100 we'll send you a medal i was like sweet so yeah that's cool um, that's amazing yeah, so I want I want the hounds to do that because I want like a collection, and they do it every year. Like I guess one year was like a Jack Grealish medal, and like so they change it every year. So we need to hounds, Matt. You need to get that going because that's really cool. And I have those because all I list. like it, and therefore because everyone else I likes think it. It's great. <laughs> that's why. Ugh. Yeah, but you know, if the hounds did it because they're in Pittsburgh, it'd be like a plastic metal that like, <laughs> hold up under like anything. It'd be it'd be a Eaton Park smiley cookie with like a hole punch. Yeah, in exactly. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, guys, um, no Josh. So I'm gonna try. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, that was that was awful. This like, is why Josh uh, was not You know why this was bad? No. So that was supposed to be the victory, but you know why it's bad? Kev, where is this from? Where is this cider from? Can you read it backwards? Kiwa Key Cider Mill, but if you look at the fine print, it's your favorite place. It's Otto's Pub and Brewery. I don't know where okay, it's fine. Otto's is fine. I, I appreciate <laughs> when my family like does Otto's beer. So Otto's beer for the people who don't know is a brewery in state college, Pennsylvania, Penn state, right? Like it's one of the first exit 69. Yeah. yeah. One of the first breweries, uh, in state college. Well, not, that's it's not even that. It's not, it's not true. I remember it was like in this modern wave of like breweries everywhere. Otto. I remember Otto's being there when I was in college. Um, and you know, it used to be a Quaker steak, didn't it? maybe it that sounds kind of familiar it yeah. looks like a quaker steak but yeah yeah um so you said it's my favorite <laughs> it's fine I every time we get like i we rarely go to state college but every time we do my dad's like you gotta stop at autos it's kevin's favorite he <laughs> walk there at one point i appreciate it i like the thought the thought's great i'm i like how people think of me this way this is nice but i you know it's uh, fine it's fine <sighs> This is good. Well, we have a victory beverage because the Hounds did get a victory this weekend. Three to one over Loudon. Two goals from Dequa, one from Kizza. Justin, you've been sort of watching the team and not able to share your thoughts for quite some time. What what's your take on this one? Yeah, I mean, I I um I'll admit I didn't watch a ton of the second half of this game. Um, but I watched the first half and I, I made the comment to Laura Ellen at one point, like I thought this that was the best I'd seen the Hounds look as far as um like putting a team to the sword of like okay cool i'm gonna be like we're we are the better team we're just gonna act like we're the better team and be the better team and they were and so i really i really like that and i really like the way that they uh performed on saturday i thought it was great um obviously things didn't go as well in the second half but uh in the first half i thought they looked really good um and and definitely put put loud into the sword which a team like Loudon you need to I, you had made a comment too in chat. I think you said something like, "This game is boring in all the best ways," and I was like, "That's a yes. really good way to put it." Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't an exciting game to watch. It was like, uh, "This is like I don't necessarily enjoy watching this game," but it's good. Like it's it's good that we're doing what we need to do against an inferior opponent. Yeah, especially in that first half, it was just like taking care of business, chalk it up, like we're yep. good. Kev, what do you think? It was everything I wanted out of a Loudon game. Um, I, I think I said it before in the lead up to it, um, or at least some, at some point this year, I was like, Loudon, they have a 30 yard screamer in the top corner in them. And of course, that's how they get their goal in this. Um, I feel mm -hmm. like once every three games that we play them, they score a goal like that. And so, you know, the fact that it doesn't have to hurt us and in, in that we end up winning three to one pretty comfortably, I would say, um, you know, I, they they didn't threaten us. I mean, okay, so we get, you know, Kiz's goal might be the easiest goal he'll ever score. I mean, he has to be there to finish it, but that was really bad by the Loudon keeper. Um, and then Deke was second once again. I mean, probably one of the easier goals Deke will ever score. Um, but that's not to say that you know we had three clear chances and scored three clear goals. I, you know, we, we put we pout on the pressure like uh, Justin was saying. Um, you know, could have scored more. You know, Deco had a pretty clear uh, chance off of a corner early on. Um, 
and yeah, no. So yeah, we we looked really good. We looked really solid. This didn't look like a game we were trying to like manage our way through. Like Justin was saying, just echoing what you already said. You know, we came out aggressive. You know, we knew that we could be a bit brave here, and we could. We not that we're exposing ourselves defensively, but we we can we can put numbers forward because we're we're just that much better of a team than they are. So yeah, it was everything everything I've come to expect of out of a Loudon game. And, uh, you know, absolutely no, I mean, you know, play this clip next week when, when things unravel, but absolutely no worries about where we're at, you know, at a very important part of the season. I think we're playing as good as we have been all season right now. I I was slightly concerned. Like I think on the show that we did last Monday, I think I said one, nothing win, but then once I realized that, uh, which I should have known that Jamali Waite wasn't going to be in goal. I thought that, you know, that that probably Loudon was going to get one. I wasn't sure how that was going to play out because this is the first time in a long time that, you know, a keeper that started the season on the roster with us that's not named Jamali Waite got minutes. And I thought, you know, he did okay. Um, it, the the defense sort of did a job. I can't really think of anything. I mean, he's not going to stop their goal. Right, yeah. And yeah. so, I don't know. There, there's just not much more. I thought he needed to do particularly. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I thought particularly Kenny and Rovi both had really good nights. I think that Kenny is one of those ones where, you know, every so often we talk about him and, and you know, you start to think like, yeah, is, is, is this going to be it for him? Like, is he going to the coaching staff next year? Like, how does it go? And then he puts on a performance like that where at times felt like he was our best player on the field. Um, you know, literally dropping nutmegs on guys um, just because. And so, uh, yeah, maybe Kenny's just ageless. Like, I don't know. How many more seasons would you expect Kenny to play with the house, Justin? I don't know. Two, maybe. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's just not, it's not like, I, I want to say that, well, maybe this is the last season. Uh, and if we, you know, if we win the USL championship, maybe, maybe it is his last season. But um, yeah, it's a weird yeah, he does seem to be ageless in a lot of ways. I yeah, I mean, I don't want to put a number on that kind of stuff. I mean, he'll know his body. He'll he'll know what feels good for him. Um, I do think, you know, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, I could be wrong here, but I in big away games this season, I want to say away Louisville. Um, Lily has a tendency to do like a midfield of Griffin Barra and Mertz and just put energy in there. Um, I think as time goes on, that trend will probably just increase rather than decrease. Um, and I think it'll just become more and more difficult for Kenny to find games. But I mean, counterbalancing that the thing I've always said about Kenny is he can do things on the field that no other player on the field can. And that's what, that's what his value is. And so, yeah, he, he could have shortcomings elsewhere, especially as his career goes on. But um, particularly, I think his decision-making and his vision um, is, second to none um you know the the pass the pass for what he he assisted deke was first i think um great pass perfectly weighted and great touch by deke too i mean if if deke was gifted his second goal he earned it through his first because it's a good run he, he kind of you know falls off the defender creates space for kenny to kind of find that channel um it's a hard first touch to, to and he just puts it perfectly out in front of him. It's a hard finish too. I mean, on the 18, gone on the left side of you, goalkeeper well position. He just puts it in the bottom corner. Um, but 
Yeah. I, so I don't know. I, I think there's, there's always in the right moments. I think there's always going to be a place for Kenny until he, you know, really falls off a cliff. Um, so I, yeah, I, I hate to put a, a thing on at the end of it, but uh, yeah, he's got some more time in him. You mentioned Chico there. Um, Kev, on the last show, I asked, is Chico going to get to 20 goals? I still stand by it. You said no. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. You said no. We threw up a poll on uh, on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called uh, after his first goal. Uh, He got two in this one. We said Chico has 15 goals in the season with five games remaining. Will he get to 20? 65% of people said yes. 35% said no. Granted, this is mid-game everybody's hyped up. He just got a goal and then he got a second goal. So he's now four goals away from 20 and he has five games left to play. No idea where that puts him in the golden boot race, because I still can't see the stats call out the USL on Twitter earlier for like, it'd be great if we could see these. I have literally had it uploading all day long on my personal computer, never loaded. So I have no idea who else is in the race with them, where he stands. Maybe your internet just sucks. Mike. No, that's not it. That's not it. Um, (laughs) So I don't know, Justin, where do you stand? Do you think Chico gets the 20 goals this season? Four, he, four goals in five games. Yeah, I think he can. I mean, are we counting playoffs? Or are we just counting regular season? I I think he regular can. Regular season. I think, I think he can. Yeah. Yeah, he can. But do you think he will? <laughs> uh, I, it's hard because he goes on streaks, right? And so if he stays yeah. hot and goes like stays on the streak that he seems to be on right now, yeah, he's going to get there because he probably will get you know a couple. There probably be a couple multi goal games, but uh, you know, I it's hard to know if he's going to stay on that streak or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he gets there. I think I think with what five games left, um, four goals, like you said, Justin, if he gets just two games that are multi-goal games like just there you go. do you know that's fine. <laughs> no big deal listen Kev, we had the conversation it was like where are the goals going to come from at this point if i tell you the hounds win two nothing in miami where do you think the goals come from Diego scores one at least but um, exactly so like that's kind of where we're at at earlier this season, we were kind of like, well, you know, the midfield, like Mertz is putting, you just really don't know where goals are coming from. I don't think that's the case anymore. What? So you're saying the goals are coming from? Decor? They're coming from the forward line. That's it. Yeah. When was the last time a midfielder scored for us? I don't know, man. I'm just saying, look, I know Deco was out injured for a bit. Um, yeah. So I don't know how many games played he actually has. Um, but we've, you know, he's already broken his record from last season, which I want to say was 12. He scored last season. Um, you know, we've played 29 games and if he, what he scored 16, mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, it's not bad. So, okay. Like back of the, it's not bad. It's, not it's great. Bad. It's great. <laughs> I mean, it's just really, really good. Um, but you know what I'm guessing here, what he probably missed six games mid-season i would that sounds about right um let's say he did uh and that would be that would bring him down to what 16 goals in 23 games which is really good yeah um i would still say it's not the ratio four and five but you know it's so yeah we'll see i mean it's it's a lot lower should we more likely this weekend than should we put something on it no come on let's make this interesting like don't encourage (laughs) 
bad behavior on podcast. Okay. All right, Kev. I won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, Dequa, another two point, another two goals. You already mentioned that Kizza got his goal. It was a bit of a flub by the keeper, which is actually looked really good in, in, in this game too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, I think there were a number of guys that look good. I, I made a comment on Twitter where, and it'll be interesting once we get to the season at the end of the season to talk about this, but is there a player that is more improved over the course of the season than Ibarra? Like I remember coming into the season thinking he was a liability and there were moments in this game where I was like, thank God we have Ibarra. Like the way he sort of took charge and was pressing and like he has grown into the player that we needed him to be in a way that, you know, the beginning of the season, it felt like he was sort of a replacement for Griffin. And I was like, well, that's not going to work. And so I don't know if like, Griffin coming back was actually a godsend for him because then he could become the player like he could become himself. He wasn't trying to become Danny Griffin. Um, I think Griffin also he Griffin makes the players around him better. And, you know, so like, yeah, that, that I think that helps a lot. Um, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, I was gonna say I'm, I'm one of obviously the biggest Griffin fans out there. I felt like he kind of went missing in this game um, where, you know, he eventually comes off and it was just like, hey, was he on? Like, where was he? What happened? So, yeah, <laughs> I thought he was OK. I thought he had, I thought he had a fine game. But I, I, yeah, I'm, I think with Ibarra I and mean, what I think Steve, I could be putting words in Steve's mouth. Um, but I remember a, a while ago, Steve made a pretty good point around Dos Santos, um, really based off of his kind of role switch of like a three center back system. And then I think classically we would have all thought of him as like, a, you know, a left wing back or something or more attacking or something. And um, his reinvention, I think has been really big this year. Um, but no, I think, yeah, Barra has been great. Um, you know, he provides a lot of energy and look, I, I don't know, to me, I still think, you know, I will be Etu's biggest fan. And Ibarra is keeping Etu out of the middle of the field. Now, I think there's something to be said. I was going to say, how, I love how we're not talking about Etu at all. And you're just like, mm, well, I got to bring him like, like, he's, he's very good. No, <laughs> I think part of it is uh, Etu being the one of the very few, I'm trying to think of others, um, one of the very few left footers that the Hounds have. Um, putting in that left wing back makes sense. And so, and with all the energy that he has and, you know, his, the tactical awareness, knowing that, I mean, we see it with Rivera creating chances, especially in the first half, how much they can get kind of integrate themselves and kind of midfield build up and all of that. So I, I, I get it. Um, but no, yeah, I think a bar has been huge for us this season. And at least in the first uh, half, Mike, I feel like Griffin was, uh, Griffin went missing a little bit, but they were, centering a lot of their play down the wings and like that's not going to suit griffin's game all that well and so he's not going to get the touches that he normally gets and so and you you know you kind of mentioned that rovi had a really good night and he did um and so i think that that you know that's the tough thing about that um that situation for griffin is is um yeah it's it's always going to be a little bit hard to find yourself in a game that the, the play is flowing down the wings more than not I mean, it's one of those things, too, that we've talked about where if he's playing sort of that holding mid position, then the way that you can tell that someone's doing a good job is you just don't notice them. They're just doing the job. And that very much could have been the case here, too. So um, going back a couple of minutes in the conversation, Albert Dequa is now leading the Golden Boot race. How did you find what? Like, did it load for you? Where did you find this? 
<laughs> no, FB Ref is the the website that I use all the time for stats and and stuff. So I don't I don't try to get on the USL website because FB Ref is so much faster. So Dequa, it's pretty interesting actually. Even looking at the top ten of uh of the Golden Boot race, so Dequa sitting at the top with sixteen. Uh, Russell Ciceroni is in fifth place with thirteen. Nico Brett is in eighth place with eleven, and Alex Dixon is in ninth place with eleven. So you know the the former. Uh, the former hound strikers are all competing. That's awesome. So what Dequa has a three goal lead in the race right now over Ciceroni? No, Danny, Danny, Danny Trejo, uh, for Phoenix rising has 15. Okay. So uh, Manuel Artiega for Phoenix rising also has 14. So he's okay. got a one and two goal lead off of second, third place. Okay. Well, let's, let's get him there. I mean, oh, and, and if you look at those at those players and how many games they have left on their team, I mean, yeah, we're splitting hairs at this point. So yeah, I yeah. mean, Dico has as good a, as good of a chance as any. Um, and I don't know, maybe the way I'm kind of squaring the circle is that maybe I think the Golden Boot winner won't hit 20 goals this season, which I think is probably likely. But yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you can absolutely win it and not hit 20, but I think that would be a great achievement for him um, personally. I wonder what the odds are for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's probably favored. You want to put something on it? <laughs> <laughs> the huge betting market that there is. For yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, um, two other things about this game. First of all, again, Highmark setting records. So this was the largest regular season crowd in Highmark history. It yeah. just keeps going. Um, against for Loudon. Like Loudon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> seriously. So. Yeah. No, I, I keep saying I like I no matter how this season ends, I'm really struggling to think of a better season the Hounds have had at least since we've been doing this podcast. I, I think with where we're at in the East, with with how well the players are playing, with the memories of the Open Cup and with the attendance records, I mean I I I can't add there's nothing else on my wish list that like I would want to cross off for this season. It's been amazing. I mean, other than like winning it all, but yeah. I, well, I was going to say, I told, I was watching the game with my wife and I said, you know, if, if the hounds get the player shield, the playoffs and championship roll through Pittsburgh. Like, can you imagine like all of the playoff games and the championship being played at Highmark stadium? Like that would be nuts. And he's the only team that took us out at Highmark this season. Right. So yeah. Good odds. When's, when's the championship game though? That's yeah, going to be a cold. Night uh, like on the river. December. Yeah. Oh. Um <laughs> but if that happens, Justin, would you guys road trip it in? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kev, you would too, right? No. <laughs> I can tell you now. The easy answer is absolutely. That's all you had to say. That's nope. all you had to say. Mike, I You're am worst. you are the worst. You know what? Man. You won't come to the game. You know who was at the game? Phil Neville was at the game on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I don't get. I don't get the hubbub. <laughs> Phil sucked. Like I don't. <laughs> he was not good. I'm sorry. How many? How many uh, Premier League championships did you win, Kev? The same amount as Phil. No, I'm kidding. Oh, did he really? Yes, he yeah, won he six with Manchester United. Was he? Was he integral at Manchester United though? It doesn't know. matter. It doesn't matter. It, it matters as much as this medal matters, Kev. Like, yeah. he was there. He got it. That's it. Gary Gary Neville was much better of a play than he was. And that's not saying <laughs> much. Like, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. I totally missed it. I guess, what, Phil Neville was the head coach of Miami? 
like like yeah. Miami and MLS, not like the yeah. Miami that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, but yes, his son is playing for Loughton. So that's why he was there. But still, like, I don't know the last time we had a Premier League winner just hanging out at Highmark watching a game. You have to know my bias, too. I mean, like, yeah. Phil Neville was huge for Everton and United, two of my most hated teams. So, like, yeah, of course I'm going to hate Yeah. Guys, anything else on this game that you want to talk about? Not Good on win. this game, but... Yeah, good win. Uh, not in this game, but random thing that I saw last night. Uh, I was watching the Cowboys game last night, and mm. the Cowboys kicker this year is Brandon Aubrey, who um, played soccer in college at Notre Dame, got drafted by Toronto, uh, ended up spending a couple seasons with Bethlehem Steel, uh, was on the bench for the playoff game, uh, the penalty shootout playoff game. Oh, uh, really? And then... And then decided that um, soccer wasn't working out or he couldn't find the whatever. So he went and learned how to kick a football. And so he kicked for the USFL team in Birmingham last year. Um, Didn't miss a kick all year long. And this year he is the Dallas Cowboys kicker. That's a wild story. What a good good story. That feels like every, I don't know, junior in high school who played soccer for us in Penn Hills. Like there was always one kid that was like, yeah, I'm going to play soccer and I'm going to go be the kicker on the football team. Cause like, that's, what's going to get me all the, why did you say junior? For some reason they always start the junior year. I don't know why. Like the few, the few guys that I know we were like, really? And then they would like stick around and play their senior year too. But uh, yeah, it was almost like the football team came looking to the soccer team. Like, Hey, we need somebody that's been around a little bit. Like we don't want a freshman. We don't want a sophomore. Let's get somebody that's like decent. And, yeah, they only have to show up no, for the games the... on Friday night, so like it doesn't matter. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a really cool story. And what he played was it with Brendan Aronson at the same time? Yeah. So he studio? yeah. So he would have been uh he would have been there at the same time Brendan was was there. And so just a wild. I was like watching the game last night, and he comes out to do his first extra point, which was like five minutes into the game. And they're like, Brandon Aubrey, this is his first NFL kick, you know, period. Uh, he, you know, played soccer in college, got drafted by Toronto and MLS. Uh, didn't didn't stick, but went to USL, but didn't stick there either and then became a football kicker. Yeah. Did he make it? Did he make his first kick? Uh, he missed his first kick, but he made ah, it. Ah, <laughs> terrible. Give it a terrible name to the soccer players. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, it is funny. One ended up at Leeds and wanted it up in Dallas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very cool. Good story. Um, well, guys, after that win, uh, taking a quick look at the Pick'em results, just because we have to. Uh, I'm still leading with 27 points. Michael Finn is right behind me with 25. We had Devin. I think Devin picked it spot on. So Devin jumps into the picture. Uh, Lara Allen is at 24. Keaton is at 24 along with her. Kev, you're at 22. And Devin is at 22. So this is very much going to be a, a, a race to the end here. And we're just going to keep going as long as the Hounds are playing. So I think we'll like get into the playoffs. We'll keep doing it through the playoffs. Once the Hounds lose, then we'll sort of like tally up and, and end it there. But whoever ends up having the most points at the end of the season, that's what we've been saying all year, we'll get two free season tickets to the Hounds in 2024. Right now, Michael Finn is in pole position, but Keaton Leaving Good is only one point back with Devin just one, you know, correct pick away. So if you pick the right score, you get three points. You pick uh, the right result, you get one point. Otherwise, you get zero. 
Um, but if nothing else, this has been fun this season. So I'm, I'm really interested to sort of see how this all shakes out and where we go from here. Guys, after the win, uh, the Hounds are still sitting at the top of the table. Uh, we have 54 points. Tampa Bay is nipping at our heels with 53. They still have a game in hand, but guess what? We play them in a few weeks. So really the Hounds hold their destiny in their hands. If the Hounds are able to beat Tampa and basically win out, then we win the East. And, you know, who knows about the player shield? There's a couple of other things that could impact that, which we'll talk about here in a second. But Charleston this weekend also locked up a playoff spot. We are the only three teams, Tampa, Pittsburgh, and Charleston, to have locked up a playoff spot so far. Nobody in the West is not yet. Um, and I don't think that anybody has been eliminated yet. Typically, they put like a different little symbol next to it. So even though Hartford only has 16 points, um, <laughs> I guess mathematically they could still do it. It's not going to happen. Um, for them or, you know, really, it, I guess it could happen for Loudon. They're only 10 points back, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see nonetheless. Uh, but right now your top four in the East are the Hounds, the Rowdies, the Battery, and Louisville. Um, but there is a pretty big gap between us, the Rowdies, the Battery, and then Louisville. Uh, battery of 52 points, Louisville has 43 yeah, so, in a 34-game season, yeah, technically Hartford is not out of it yet. <laughs> if they win the rest of their games, uh, I think they could like sit on like 37 points or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Talking a little bit about the Players' Shield and sort of the race to the Players' Shield, uh, I've had this little graphic that I've put up here for the, the past few weeks. Um, just sort of paying a picture of the teams that are in the hunt and this is sort of purely my opinion, mathematically, anything can happen. But the Hounds currently still have the most points with 54 points. We have played one more game than a couple of these teams. Uh, sort of looking at, excuse me, the outlook in terms of who else we have left to play. We have uh, two playoff teams that we have left to play and then three non-playoff teams. The caveat with all of this like playoff versus non-playoff is that some of these non-playoff teams are bubble teams that are actually going to be really difficult to play as we get down to the end of the season. And a prime example of that is Tampa. So Tampa has four playoff teams that they have to play, uh, two non-playoff teams. Their four playoff teams, they have to play us. They have to play Louisville, who they barely beat this past weekend. They have to play Memphis, who they lost to last weekend, and then San Antonio, who are second in the West. So even though Tampa has a game in hand, None of those games are going to be easy. Um, but another example of that is uh, like, I think Charleston um, has one game against a playoff team, four against non-playoff teams, but they are all bubble teams. So they are all going to be scrapping for every little point that they can get. So there is no gimme at this point. But if you were looking purely based off of just playoff versus non-playoff, Sac Republic has the, the clearest path. They only have to play one playoff team and they have five non-playoff teams to face. But again, like I said, it's it's all kind of moot. But um, yeah, right now the Hound's sitting at the top. If I had to guess, I would say San Antonio is going to drop out of this list after a few weeks just because some of their, their competition is going to be really too hot. But if the Rowdies can pick up some losses, that'll give us a little bit of breathing room at the top of the East. But really, I'd love to see us go for the, the player shield. We did put out a poll uh, last week as well um, asking, you know, which would you prefer, the player shield or the cup? And overwhelmingly, people said the cup, which I guess I was a little bit surprised by. I shouldn't have been. Justin, where do you stand on that? You know, if, if, if you get a shot at the player shield, are you disappointed if we don't get the cup? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's <laughs> the situation the union found themselves in a couple of years ago and like one easily kind of, you know, we're right there in the playoff shield race. They ended up, or the supporter shield race and they ended up not getting it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, I think the, the, you know, they like the cup is the prime thing and it's like, okay, we are the best team in the league proven via playoffs and all that kind of stuff. So I think I would rather win the cup. I could care less about the player shield. Ooh care less that's harsh i mean like i i don't know i was trying to make the argument last week that over the stretch of the entire season to be the best team i can see through a certain lens how that's more reflective that you were the best team over the course of the season the playoffs are kind of like it's a tournament it's like hit or miss If if it was like you know if each round of the of the playoffs was best of two then I'd be like, okay, like, you know, the playoffs are a good indicator of who the best team was. You could just get a team that's really hot, like Orange County, and they could just tear through the playoffs. And they're not they're They weren't even the best team in the West this year. So it's just like, sure, you got hot at the right time. Um, but I mean, I guess that's kind of American sports. So you, you live and die by the playoffs. Well, and the reality for me is like, I don't, I don't, um, that's not to say that I don't want the playoffs to run through Pittsburgh. So, um, right to do that you've got to at least finish first in the east to get that far along um and then hopefully you you win the player shield so that you now have a home home field throughout but um yeah i mean it, it, you want the home field advantage you want people to have to come play on a freezing night on the mon so yeah yeah guys just looking briefly at the hounds remaining schedule um just so that we can see what we're talking about here uh we do have miami this weekend which we'll talk about briefly uh we then um well we go to miami this weekend and then the following weekend uh we are home for really the next two weeks play new mexico and tulsa and then we have that massive game against the rowdies at al lang the following week and then october 14th we wrap it up uh, with detroit on the road Five games left. Uh, I think we did the over-under last week. I can't remember what the number was. I'm going to put the over-under at 11.5 points. Justin, are you taking the over or the under? Uh, 11.5. I would like to say the over, but I don't think we get the over. Uh, Ooh. But that's okay. I don't think that that necessarily means we don't win the player shield. So, uh, you know, there's key games on here, right? You know, you got to beat mm-hmm. Tampa. But, like, uh, I don't know that some of the other games matter if you beat Tampa. Kev, you taking the over to the under on 11.5? Nah, under. I think it's way too much. I mean, I, what, you don't beat 11.5 unless you get four wins. And I just... Yeah. You know what? Four wins and a loss would be amazing. I think, um, or you know, four wins and a draw, obviously. Um, well, that gets you over. No, I know, but I, that's oh. what I'm, I'm saying. I, that's amazing, and I think I, I would take it immediately. I just I don't think we're gonna get it. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Quickly going back to a point that you made before, when you were looking at the like competition for the player shield. I don't know. I actually think um, I think Tampa now probably becomes our biggest rival with everything um sacramento has what they dropped 
They've 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 lost twice in the last three games. Um and yeah, I don't know. I mean their 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 run in looks fine. Um but you know the the fact that we have the three points on them and they and, you know they have one game in hand, but they haven't been playing great as of late. Um and then just yeah, Tampa you know, they have an away game against Hartford. They've uh, you know, a home game against Loudon. Um, yeah, that game against us is just huge. Um, so we'll see. I think before I, I still probably would have put the odds on Sacramento to take it, but now I think I'm loosening that conviction. And now I think it's, I don't know. I, it, look, they're still you think, in with you a think good it's going to come out of the East. Do you think? Yeah, I, maybe I look Sacramento still has a very good chance, but I, I just think, you know, yeah, it maybe the, the, it's swung a little bit in either the Hounds or Tampa's, um, Tampa's, uh, yeah. Like possession. I, 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 yeah, I think before our biggest competition was with Sacramento. Now I actually think it's probably with Tampa. I mean, looking at our schedule, I tend to feel like we probably have the best run in of any team, but any of those teams that we talked about. So Sacramento, San Antonio, uh, Tampa, and the battery. I just but, that 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 away the, the away game against Tampa is just rough. If yeah. if we don't get beat, then I think we have a chance. Um because yeah, Tampa's Tampa schedule does look rough. Yeah. Um but it's that away game against Tampa's huge. We just can't lose that. Yeah. It's one game at a time, and it all starts this weekend against Miami. Uh the Miami, not the Miami, the Miami. Um, what's the difference they call themselves the miami but really like there is miami in mls that has Lionel messi that's not this team um this team has lost four of their last five and they're four five and five at home so that's who that's who we face on saturday um they currently sit outside the playoff picture with 29 points on the season they faced 40 more shots than we have. So their defense just sort of leaks shots, which bodes well for Dequa, but we shall see. Um, and last time, I, surprisingly, last time we played them was all the way back in March and it was a 1-1 draw at Highmark. So one of the few times that we were dropping points at Highmark. Um, any thoughts on this game, guys? Justin, what what are you expecting from this game? Um. Based on what I saw this past Saturday, I'm expecting the Hounds to take care of business. I mean, I think, like, yes, you have a team that's on the playoff bubble and they're, they have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. Um, but I think the Hounds the Hounds are a good team. And and I think that's what I've just noticed over the past couple of weeks. And I think we, at the beginning of the season, we were like, oh, I don't know if this Hounds team is going to be, you know, whatever. But I think uh, as the course of the season has gone on, like, they definitely have gelled and are playing really well at the moment. So I think that there's a chance that they pretty easy chance that they win this game. Kev, how are you feeling? You nervous at all about this one? Yeah. Cause it's an away game and it's, it's an away game. That's, you know, a multi-state travel <laughs> away game. Um, until the season ends and until we start seeing results that are different from that. I'm just, I'm always going to have that in the back of my mind. I don't know. I look, I think it's more likely that we win than any other outcome. I'd say it's almost like, you know, Kevin's probability numbers is probably like, you know, 60% chance of us winning 20% for a draw, 20% for a loss. So, you know, it's a little better than a coin flip than I think we'll win, but not by much. And I think, uh, 
you know, a draw could really take out some momentum in this game. So I think that that's the other bit about this, where we're at a point with the number of points that we have and with Tampa where they are behind us. If we want to finish top of the East, and really still, that's my main concern. Yes, play, like player shield would be great, and I want that. But I want to be top of the East because um, just that's that's well, within you, your control. It's, you kind of you know, need one, like you need one if you want the other. Sure. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and if we're if we, I don't know, with where Tampa's at, I, you know, if we get a draw away at Miami, I think that's going to feel a lot worse than the numbers might suggest it should be or would be. And so I think that's my only hesitation around this game because the draw. You know, things happen in soccer games. Loudon puts in a 30-yard screamer. You know, a goalkeeper makes a mistake. A red card gets thrown up. So an injury happens. So I, and a lot, of, a lot of stuff can happen, and that's the reason why I'm worried about this. I'm trying to – I was going to say, like, even if this game was at home, do you think you'd be as concerned as you are with them being away? No. Nah. Is, that, is that as much a factor as, like, you're making it out to be? I really do. And I don't know. It's a weird – I think I uh, see. I'm going to spread information that's very classified. Cloudy. No, cloudy in my <laughs> in my head. I, I I I remember a conversation around a study that showed, um, like the home away advantage for whatever reason really only ever like existed in soccer, and like in almost every other sport, the home away advantage thing was not as pronounced as it was in soccer. Hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't know. It's especially this season. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're such a fortress at home. I mean, so yeah, I would bring on anyone at home and I'll feel confident that we'll win. Um, yeah. Well, I guess let's, uh, let's get into predictions. Justin, give me a score prediction. Uh, two one ounce. Okay. Ev? I don't have any reason for that. Just two one ounce. <laughs> I, 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 part of me wants to go back to two nothing because like, Jamali Wade will be back. Mm-hmm. Like he just spent the week with Andre Blake, so that's always a good thing for mm-hmm. him. So, um, you know, I think it could be a chance that he drops the shutout too. It'll be interesting to look back. Well, I don't know if you can like statistically do anything with this, but this is the second time this season that he was on international duty with Blake. So, like, how did he do coming back after last time? And is there any correlation? Probably not. But yeah, I, I take your point. Okay, Kev. On one, one. Oh, yeah. dude. I know. I'm sorry. I think the 20%. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go one nothing. Um, I think what's interesting is like in the USL power rankings, which they put out every single week, like I think the Hounds are fourth, which it's totally like made up. It's like it's, it's all made up. The points don't matter. Um, they're in fourth. I think they have Orange County in first. And they have both Tampa and the battery ahead of us and like jumping ahead of us. And I'm like, we just won three to one against, I mean, yeah, it's Loudon, but their justification for keeping the hounds at fourth this week was that coach Lily was not happy about the whole way the game played out after this one. And that, that, you know, echoes the ambitions of this team. I'm like, Lily's never happy. Like, what are you like? Really? This is news to you. So, um, I'm just looking at Charleston's last five games. And in those five games, they have a loss against Orange County away from home 2-0. But outside of that, it's a 1-0 win, 1-0 win, 
yeah. one nil win and a two nil win. That's insane. Yeah. I'm taking. I'm going to take the one nothing win for the Hounds against Miami. I think that if we get into the playoffs and it's a bunch of one nothing wins, I'll be fine with that. I mean, we talked about Lily Ball, and it's not necessarily crazy fun times. But if it's taking care of business in the way that the first half of this Loudon game was taking care of business, great. Just control the game, get the win, shut it down, go home. You got the three points. It's all good. So, yeah. So to answer your question, Mike, when Wake came back from Gold Cup duty, mm-hmm. uh, that was the 2 nothing win over Detroit City where they didn't allow a shot. <laughs> So he can't tell a lot about his performance. I mean, maybe he was like commanding the back line really well, but yeah, no shots. So okay. it's kind of amazing to me. I, I I think I've said it before, but in a season where in my mind, the hounds aren't great defensively, we're still the best in the East for goals against, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> that's fine. That is what we think. Uh, obviously, let us know what you think. Um, I think Friday we'll put out the the tweet and the the post on YouTube where you can go and add your score prediction, and uh, and we'll get you counted and all of that. I am going to do some statistical analysis. I might ask both Laura, Allen, and Kev for some help on that um, wow. in the off season <laughs> to sort of break down like how how good are we actually at even getting close to the result? Like how difficult is this? Because we now have a mess of data of people making predictions all year long. And, uh, you know, on the whole, like how, how good were we? Um, it's tough, man. I think I literally, I part of the reason why I jumped to the top was that it was just a series of one nothing wins, and I was like, I don't, I don't know, one nothing, and like Lily just kept producing one nothing. So, no reason for me to deviate from that this week. Um, guys, anything else going on that we should talk about here? No, I don't know. Brighton's looking good, Justin. They, they uh, are. They're they're like everyone's second favorite team in the world. I feel like in the world yeah 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 i got my my albion plus membership packet today which uh this year was a um like microfiber beach towel it's actually really nice it has like nice um yeah it's cool i get the impression that a lot of people maybe outside of england were like wait fatty is going where like why what like even some barcelona fans Mm -hmm. were like seriously and i'm like oh no that's like that's dangerous who and Oh, yeah. Okay. He took the number 10 jersey from Lionel Messi when he left Barcelona. Yeah. And then they found him to be not, I, I wouldn't say expendable. Like, it was just like, he's not getting the minutes he wanted to get. And... It's a straight it's a straight loan, though. So, like, they definitely yeah. don't find him expendable. Like, they want him back after the year, but they need him to go somewhere else. And I was telling, I was telling Loyal, and I feel like Barcelona, the lights are just so bright in Barcelona that yeah. you know you get somewhere else where you're like oh yeah i'm on the south coast of england playing at brighton and hove albion um like you got a little more grace there than than you do yeah. uh at barcelona yeah i think he's gonna do really well at brighton um it, it's making me nervous i was all up on on villa going into the season and then a series of injuries like game after game after game and i'm just like ah crap so I think they'll still be okay. I think I think their their saving grace at this point is the uh, Europa Conference League, and if they can win that, then it's like you're into the the Europa League the following season. 
and they absolutely should be able to do that. And so that would be a good season regardless of where they finish in the table. Kind of like a West Ham situation last year, but I don't think they're going to plummet as much as West Ham. Kev, are you guys – I mean, Saul is staying, but, like, what's the – are you concerned about the long-term picture there? He's going to go at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's likely he'll probably go even next summer. Um, I mean, look, he, he wasn't – I don't know. He wasn't going to stay here forever. Um eventually Klopp needed to completely rehaul the team that won the Champions League. We're pretty far along from doing that. Mane's gone, Firmino's, Firmino's gone, Henderson's gone, Fabinho's gone, um, Wijnaldum's gone. Um, mainly it's just the backline and the keeper. Um, so, you know, it, it has to happen eventually. Um, I think Salah's a brilliant player for us. Um, his numbers are still insane. Even when, pe- when even when he has a bad season, people are like, oh yeah, like, wow, he just... Um, so yeah, I, I think he's huge, uh, and we'll see. We'll see how the season plays out. I'm really happy with the midfield so far. Got to be honest. Um, when when Liverpool signed McAllister, this was earlier in the window. I was uh, definitely in that camp of like, yeah, he seems good, but like Caicedo definitely seems to be the one. McAllister has been amazing. I mean, he's been one of the players of the season for us so far. It's been four games, but. Um, yeah, I mean his his awareness, his his brain of just how he kind of finds space in the field and how he just lays it off his touch and his yeah, McAllister has been incredible. Um, so I'm sure you already knew that, Justin, but he's definitely surprising us. Yeah, and he's one of those players that I like. I don't, I have a problem with the way Caicedo left. Right, like obviously that was not a great situation. Obviously he's not doing you know whatever. Um, McAllister definitely seemed like. Yeah, it's a bigger opportunity at Liverpool. Like your you your quality of play is like able to compete and be there, you know, like whatever. Um and he did it the right way. And he said, you know, he seemed sad to leave Brighton, um, all that kind of stuff. And so I just I don't like when players are just like, Yeah, I played here for three years and now I'm moving on and this is the best ever. It's like, I don't know, show a little respect to your fans and like the people that have supported you for the last three years and um McAllister did it the right way. So I'm not I'm not too upset about that. When you follow a team like Brighton, like you're going to lose players. It's just a matter of like, can you replace them? And it seems like Brighton has done it again. Yeah, yeah. And Sabazla looks really good too. I was really surprised, but yeah. And no, I'm look generally, I'm happy. Uh, I think the midfield. We'll see how Gravenberch turns out, but uh, yeah, midfield's are good. And I still have hope for Darwin Nunez. I mean, that Newcastle game was crazy. Uh, really enjoyed that. For those of you who didn't catch it, what Liverpool go down to 10 men early on. Newcastle got a goal 1-0. And then just hang on, hang on, hang on. Nunez comes off the bench and scores two with like a stoppage time winner, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that kind of, you know, we'll see. I still like him. We're still in that crazy period of the Premier League before everything is sort of like settled down except for like city being city so well that's and, and that's the thing that hides behind all of this is like yeah. city's still perfect and it's just like jesus it's, it's amazing I, they're yeah i still remember when pep came into the premier league and everyone's like can he hack it like you didn't win every game in the first season isn't it more difficult for you pep and he was he's like yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's more difficult, it's more difficult. <laughs> he's like, watch this and he's just <laughs> yeah yeah I think that's it, guys. Anything else you want to talk about? We're good? Nope. All right, Hounds. Nope. Go get some three points this week to prove Kevin wrong. And uh, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers.